0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective 2020 on Vision There's a new research report that's found that Australians are disillusioned with church as an institution but they are spiritually hungry. Now that hunger sits alongside a deeply felt cynicism about the church and the relevance that it has for their lives. A new research report called The Future of the Church in Australia challenges church leaders to acknowledge the past and build a brighter future. The impact of COVID-19 as well as pre-pandemic trends such as family breakdown and declining mental health and rising loneliness may be key factors in what is described as a growing openness to spirituality in Australians. Now the study which was based on in-depth interviews with church and charity leaders reveals that churches have a long way to go to rebuild trust with their communities. Well, Our conversation today is about the future of the church in Australia. And our special guest through this next hour, Mark McCrindle, is a leading social researcher and the founder of McCrindle Research. He's joining us to unpack what this research is telling us. Mark McCrindle, a special welcome back to 2020.
1: Thanks, Neil. It's great to be with you.
0: Mark, let's talk about the research, the future of the church in Australia and the sorts of things that you have discovered in doing this research, putting this research together, producing a report that people can see what is a you know a combination of the thoughts and emotions and I guess everything that comes with those who you've involved in this research project. Give us some insights into how it all worked.
1: Well, it was a pretty extensive research process and report, and there's a 50-page report that's freely accessible. Any of the listeners can can access that. We can tell them how to grab that freely in a moment. But, um, but it's a great report that I'd encourage people to read. I, I had uh, 30 interviews with christian leaders ministry and church leaders across australia we then surveyed more than a thousand churchgoers this was in october just to find out how they've gone this year spiritually speaking you know with churches shut down and with the uncertainty of COVID, it's been quite a year and we also built in some of our analysis of the broader australian community to give a sense as to where is the church where are we going how do we need to adapt and uh and what are the, uh, recommendations for the church in this time of great change. That was the focus of the report. That was the background to it. And there were three key themes, and we can talk through some of the recommendations. But but you know, one of the one of the key themes was looking at the cultural relevance of the church. We're a very culturally diverse nation. Where we've got new generations emerging. We've got new technologies, obviously, that we've all been using during this year of lockdown. How relevant is the church? How adaptive, how innovative is the church in using some of these tools and in connecting with the diversity of our community to really ensure that we can uh, not change the message and not change the theology, but change how we engage for effectiveness sake. And that was the first of three key themes.
0: Well, Mark, let me just touch on something I think is important here as we get this conversation underway and uh, we talk about a cynicism outside the church, you know, something of the shine has worn away. There's a Mm. element of distrust, uh, people not so trusting of the way that the church is, the way they perhaps have done in earlier generations. But while that cynicism might be there and might be quite apparent outside the church, uh, get your insight here for just a moment because we might imagine that it's also within the church and affecting the passion of people who are a part of churches, sitting in the pews, uh, supporting their local church, affecting mm-hmm. their enthusiasm for the things of God. Uh, does this uh, Is this something that, you know, this cynicism, it's not just outside the church, it's in the church
1: as well? Exactly right. And that's where there's a real danger of this cynicism because it can, as you said, sap the energy and the the vision we have for the gospel, uh, for the good news. And we can end up talking internally. We we can have this as a church, this internal narrative where we end up believing that, oh, it's pretty hard soil in Australia. People aren't open. We're a secular nation. It's a post-Christian time. You know, what's the point? We're not going (laughs) to advance in terms of sharing the truth with those around us. And we actually found when we did the research that While that may be our internal narrative, it's not the perspective of Australians. In fact, if we look at even the census data, more than half of Australians identify with Christianity. If we look over the last 10 years, the proportion of Australians attending church regularly has not changed. 16% of our nation, no wavering there. We found during COVID that 47% of Australians said that they have thought more about their mortality at this time. Almost the same proportion say they've thought more about the meaning of life. A third of Australians say they've thought more about God in this time. In other words, we are a nation of spiritually searching people. In fact, eight in 10 Australians either believe in God or are religious or are spiritual as they describe themselves. In other words, we have a nation that far from being secular and not being into belief, have an array of beliefs and are on a journey and are looking for some coherent truth. So, so we need to change that internal narrative for a start and recognise uh, the, 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 the harvest uh, that is uh, this nation, Australia.
0: Well, it's profoundly significant, I think, when we might make that suggestion that we're being too hard on ourselves within the church And uh, we're being more cynical, perhaps even within the church, than those outside the church. Because if you're saying those outside the church are really searching for something, perhaps they don't know what they're searching for. Uh, We can't be uh, cynical ourselves within the church, and perhaps that's... One reason why, historically, uh, revival within the church might precede what happens in an awakening outside the church. Uh, I guess this, this brings back to a bit of a context here, doesn't it? That we've got to be able to adjust how we see the church ourselves before we can make a movement that others will see something different from the outside.
1: Exactly right, and so it's changing that perception we have. It's it's not needing to change uh, our community in that sense. In fact, as I said, our community is searching. You know, uh, more than a quarter of Australians said they have prayed more during COVID. Now, only sixteen percent of Australians say they're churchgoers, and yet a quarter are saying they've prayed more. Only a third of Australians say they don't pray at all. So, so you know, we we actually have uh, a spiritual. Uh, uh, interest in this nation, and and we, one of the interviewees was Dal Stevenson of Crossway Baptist Church in Melbourne. He said the only hard soil in Australia is between the ears of Aussie Christians, <laughs> as we think that you know we, we really can't make inroads, and and we sometimes you know, are awaiting something to happen in our community. Maybe there's going to be some big event or some uh, national challenge or something that's going to cause revival or warmth. Well, remember the words of Jesus in in John four. He looked. Uh, Over the the scene that he was faced with and he said the fields are white unto harvest, you know Even though he had opposition and um, there were people that were he was he would say they're stiff-necked and hard-hearted and was Constantly uh, they were argumentative with him uh, and yet he could from a spiritual perspective see the The warmth see the harvest see the interest that was there and I think we need those same sorts of, of lenses um, to see our nation and, and the need that, that exists.
0: Uh, Mark, perhaps when we talk about this cynicism, another good word to use might be disillusionment. And if mm. there's disillusionment with the church outside mm. and uh, we're discovering it's inside as well, we might ask that question, where does that disillusionment come from? Uh, what mm. does the research tend to say about, you know, why we feel this sort of disillusionment?
1: Yeah, and that's very true. You know, we've had the Royal Commission that has uncovered the worst of some of what has gone on in the name of church and by Christian leaders. And of course, we're going to we continue to be disappointed by Christian leaders who stumble by by hypocrisy uh, done in the name of, of Christianity and the church. And our society recognizes that. And they see that. And, and they do push back on that. And as you know, we've said that the, the, the concept of Christianity and many church brands you know, are um, under scrutiny and there has been some disappointment in our community of them. So the church needs to recognise that and recognise that this is not an era where the church has great authority, great power in our community, far from it. But it doesn't mean that we don't have a voice or shouldn't have a voice because as the interviewees said, the gospel is too important for the church to feel this sense of, of pushback and to retreat now is the time with this message that we have to share that boldly. Um, one of the uh, interviewees was Steve Chong. He started the, the Rice Movement. He is seeing the fervor of young Christians and in his movement, young Asian Christians in this nation to share the gospel with others. And he said, yet so often we as the church are almost like what we've all experienced this year when we've been on Zoom calls. We say to the person, you're on mute. I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> to unmute yourself. And, and we need to share that message with other Christians in the church. I can't hear you. Unmute yourself. You know, you need to speak up. If you've got a message to share, and of course the church does, we need to unmute ourselves Have that faith, have that boldness and communicate with those around us. Uh,
0: You mentioned Steve Chong and can't help but think that there is this growing diversity in Australian culture too. So beyond the idea that there might be disillusionment in a wider community Mm. and within the church, there's also this multiculturalism which by virtue of the fact that people come from different cultures they have different Mm. religious ideals and and this idea of trying to you know balance all of those so we all get along this has got to be another factor here too what do you think about the the multiculturalism does the research show anything much about that
1: Yeah, it does. You know, 29% of Australians were born overseas. Uh, It's phenomenal when we think about that, almost a third of us. And and that's twice the proportion of overseas-born residents as is the case in the US or the UK. And we think about... Those nations as being very diverse, but we've got twice the proportion. Uh, If you take the city of Sydney or the city of Melbourne, you've got more than a third of all residents in the city part of of Sydney, and, and it's actually close to half of all of those in the city of Melbourne local government area speak a language other than English at home. All of that is just to highlight that we're culturally and linguistically diverse. If we look at the church growth data, we're seeing great growth in these cultural churches and where there's services responding to the linguistic needs, the, the language of those in our communities. You know, We often think that, uh, again, you know, it's a secular nation and people don't go to church. A lot of what we read in the media where this is the narrative uh, written by journalists who might be from inner city parts of Sydney or Melbourne, we're sure there is quite a, a, um, a, a lack of churches, vibrant churches, and perhaps a lack of interest in Christian things. But across the suburbs and towns and cities of this nation, across the culturally diverse communities, there is a great warmth towards religion as a whole and, and Christianity, and, uh, and there's the, the great opportunity to reach the needs. One of the interviewees, Mark Sayers, who runs Red Church in Melbourne, was was talking about this. You know, we we often hear even in social media uh, how anti-people are to to Christian things. And he said that we've got to read the street, not the tweet. You know, if all we do is read the tweet, we'll think that no one has any interest in in, in the church. But if we read the street, we see actually um, quite a, a lot of interest in religious things, people seeking truth. And if we've got the truth there, we ought to be bold in sharing that.
0: Fabulous stuff. Reading the street, not the tweet. Hey, I want to invite listeners to join into our conversation today. You might have a question. You might have a comment. You might have a critique. Uh, You might have your own thoughts on the future of the Christian church. Well, I want to open our talkback line on 1-800-316-316. Mark McCrindle is our guest. We're talking about the future of the church in Australia. Mark, you mentioned there was a website that people can download this report free. Let's give that website early. I mean, I can give au, but is that the one you were talking about?
1: Well, there's a lot of research there, but we've housed this on a separate site with even the recording of the, the launch of this research report, the PowerPoints that we shared, and that's cityinfield.com. So just one word there, cityinfield.com, and uh, you can freely access, anyone can freely access the full report there as well.
0: This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our special guest is social researcher Mark McCrindle. We're talking about the research that has been used to put together the future of the church in Australia. It's a new report and you can download it absolutely free. You could do that while the conversation is on cityinfield.com cityinfield.com Mark, let's move on a little because really this year has been tough times for Australian churches uh, people have been getting church in their living room during those lockdown periods. Things are looking a little bit brighter now, but uh, give us your insights here into the future of the Australian church when it comes to, you know, digital church or back to church as we always now remember it. What are your thoughts here?
1: Well, it has been the most transformative experience we've had of church probably for a century in this nation almost overnight churches having to shut their doors because of COVID, and again overnight suddenly adjust to church online the digital experience so the big question we wanted to find out first is how have christians gone churchgoers experienced this year how's it gone for them And amazingly, you know, we might think in tough times, no church, small groups haven't been meeting or, you know, getting the digital experience not quite the same as the fellowship and the gathering that we get at church. But for three in four Australian churchgoers, this year has been a growth, uh, has been a year of spiritual growth rather than spiritual dryness. Just one in four, slightly under one in four say it's actually been a tough year from a spiritual perspective. The three in four say it's been a year of growth. And often that's how God works in the weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. As the Apostle Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong through the power of God. And and that is what uh, Christians have found this year in Australia. In fact, they have taken more responsibility for their own spiritual walk because they haven't been able to rely on perhaps the pastor or the mentor or gathering with the Bible study leader. It's been a bit of a, a mini reformation. It's put the tools of ministry back in the hands of all of us to organise that gathering or that that discussion with the neighbour or connecting up with people rather than again relying on the church and the paid staff to do all of that so it's had the impact of it being very positive we also then surveyed how the online experience has gone most Australians have have done church online with others rather than by themselves or with family members but others have have created little hubs where they've invited other Uh, families or or, or people together to experience church together and so overall it's been positive now churchgoers are keen to get back to church as we knew it uh, because of the fellowship the connection but we have handled this digital church very well and it's had a net positive spiritually in our lives.
0: One of those profound things that we don't always easily understand Mark and that is that growth happens in hard times so we yes. think that when times are good, uh, we're growing and growing, growing stronger in God. But in mm. actual fact, when the hard times come, that's when we grow because that's when our faith is tested. Uh, that's when yes. we build up those muscles of faith. And that's something yes. it does seem to be something that you're indicating here uh, from mm. the perspectives of these church leaders. That seems to be what has happened in a lot of people's lives.
1: Totally. And, you know, God is sovereign. He is in control and uses these circumstances for the growth of his church and for the growth of of the sharing of the good news. You know, just as the Apostle Paul used the latest technology of his day, Roman roads had come about, allowing for the fast spread of his epistles or new shipbuilding technology allowed him to travel across the Mediterranean at a fast rate. And, of course, Koine Greek, the common language across the empire allowed fast spread of his messages and letters and so in this day we have zoom and whatsapp and this technology where we can connect and god has used that mightily in this nation this year in fact one of the interviewees was nikki Gumble. Uh, who runs Alpha, and uh, and we were asking him, how has Alpha Online gone? He said, oh, I never believed we'd do Alpha Online. I always stood against it because Alpha, you know, it's about inviting people together. You have a meal, you, you you sit in a circle, you look each other in the eye as you discuss these things of the Bible. He said, online's never going to work. He said, I've never been more wrong in my life because the numbers of people attending the Alpha program online have been way above what they ever could do when it was the physical gathering. And the other thing he said is it's allowing people into those ministry conversations, into the program that otherwise would never have come because maybe they were a mom or a dad with young kids. Maybe they were uh, elderly and didn't have the mobility or, or another disability. For some, it was that they were from another religion and weren't ever able to walk into a church building whatever the reason they have found more people coming it has removed barriers and opened up as we've seen with our churches digital church you can click on a link in in anonymity and experience the truth of god in fact he is the the analogy he said we've got a whole lot of zacchaeuses out there that have come through zoom they want to see jesus but they don't want jesus to see them and so they can click on without the camera or the mic and tune in and watch Church Online or any other program and have been mightily impacted. So God and his sovereignty has created you know, such an opportunity for such a time as this.
0: Uh, Mark, let's get into this part of our conversation by talking through some issues that might actually shape the future. And uh, interesting to talk about shaping the future comes around this idea of leaders, leaders in the church. What do you think of the future of the church with relation to leaders?
1: Mm. Well, we're going to need lots more leaders as the church grows because the future of the church in Australia, we found in this report, is not more megachurches. Megachurches are great and and they, they minister to so many, but they're hard to replicate. And it's actually those church planting churches that we see Uh, where there's a lot of growth and also Australians are looking for more connecting up with the local rather than just the mega and where they can feel a sense of connecting in their community. That's where the church does its best work. So if we're going to plant not just more churches, but if we plant church planting churches, then there's multiplication and we know that church planning is one of the best methods of reaching communities and nations, and that is going to require more leaders. So, So what is our leadership pipeline and how can we equip more leaders? One of the insights that came in the research, in fact, Nicky Gumbel from the UK was sharing it. He said that over there now they've got what they call the Peter stream for training people to be church leaders. Now, we we know Apostle Paul, he would have done well with a four-year theological degree. He would have sailed through uh, our theological college, but Peter was a fisherman. And so maybe for the Peters of the world, great leader, of course, in his own right, we need a different pathway um, you know, you think about some of the emerging communities, some of the challenged communities in our cities and towns, do they need someone with two or three degrees or do they need someone who understands the context, the community, the culture and has that emotional intelligence? And so a Peter Stream or, you know, in other words, apprenticeships and, and traineeship type of pro- programs, maybe it's through mentoring that they're equipped rather than just being sent away to a, a theological college for four years. That was one of the key, the key outcomes. We're seeing more training methods and processes now beyond purely long pathways towards, uh, towards ministry training, and even training people where they are, you know, equipping where they're planted, where they're already based, equipping them with good, good insights and skills and, and theological perspectives which is not going to pull them out of where they are, but equip them for where they are at. And and there are some different forms of training that can work for them.
0: Interesting to ask, what does a leader look like? Because if we need lots more leaders, uh, as you say, you've got mega churches and you think there's just a handful of leaders. Well, Uh, the need for doubling, tripling, quadrupling the pool of leaders in the church and what do they look like. In the earlier part of our conversation, we talked about just how diverse Australia is becoming, Uh, the idea of multicultural Australia and representing a whole lot of people uh, that don't all look the same. And I imagine that leaders have got to be raised up in every one of those different dynamic groups within our culture. What are your thoughts for for people who are listening to us today going, well, now you're talking about what I've been feeling like I should be doing, but uh, now got to get onto that track now. But this diversity, give us some insights here uh, into this, Mark.
1: Mm, so so true and you know Australia is comprised of 242 different nationalities that call this nation home and, uh, and so you know, we've got to uh, equip within some of those communities, uh, identify leaders, equip and train them to minister within their own cultural communities and and, and beyond. We, we've got to I mean think about more than half our population, more than half of our church going population are, are women. So can we identify and equip and train women? The church has not done a fantastic job around uh, women in leadership. And, and, you know, there are theological differences here when it comes to ordination, when it comes to church leadership. We're just talking leadership in ministry and and in the, in the kingdom of God more generally. And whatever someone's theological perspectives are, training and equipping women in leadership is key. I mean, look, in the first century in, in the New Testament, where we had... We had Aquila and we had Priscilla, you know, think about the church in Philippi, Paul was the founder, but actually Lydia was one of the key founders there as well as she opened her home and equipped others. And so that's that's the, the concept, the, the, the gender, the, the cultural, the generational inputs. You know, we've got a lot of baby boomer and Gen X leaders. Can we empower the next generation of young people and equip and release them full leadership? Because and it was Steve Chong in the in the interview. He said, you know, there's no junior Holy Spirit. It's not as though young people get a, a lesser version or a smaller version of the Spirit of God and His power. And so if He is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine uh, in terms of our God, then then we have got to uh, empower and trust this next generation to step up into leadership as well. And and when we have that that connection of various leaders. They will know their communities better than we do, their generation better than we do, and can make a difference. On the other area we, we touched on was, was indigenous leadership. And we interviewed Willie Dumas, who runs Gangala Church and ministers across the, the indigenous community, you know, right around Queensland and northern New South Wales. And he said he's got so many indigenous leaders that he's been equipping, but, but the rest of the church you know, isn't aware. And when was the last time we heard an indigenous Christian speak? From a pulpit or a platform you know and and here we are as believers we're all about reconciliation reconciliation through christ with with god but but that that horizontal reconciliation with each other flows from our saved state and and all of this is important for us to think through as we think about the future of leaders in our churches
0: just getting a little bit personal here for a moment mark for that individual who's saying well i'm hearing a lot of different dimensions in australian life I guess you've got to do some level of self-assessment to find out where you fit and uh, and so, if you're fitting into that multicultural category, or uh, if mm. you're a woman, as you're saying, you know there mm. needs to be a, a a rising up of of women leaders. So in the indigenous context or the next gen context, you've got to do this sort of self-assessment to find out where you fit. And when you realize where you fit, then pursue some way that you can engage with that community. This idea of community engagement is something that I imagine is a part of. Uh, a bright future uh, or a gloomy future.
1: Totally right. And, and you know, it's diversity even beyond all of that. Diversity, to, unless we get personal reflect on where God has placed us and what he's called us to, it's even in our vocation, in our calling. And for some people, maybe they've retired from the workforce, but their calling is in their community or with those around them to have impacts as God has led them. Uh, for, for you, Neil, you know, there you are as a, as a radio broadcaster and that's what God's placed in your hands. For me, it's business. That's where I've been planted. And we're all ministers of the gospel. We're all called uh, to to serve God in whatever we we are and where he's placed us. There's not an A team that are the missionaries and the pastors, and then there's a B team, which is everyone else who funds the A team. We're all the A team. You know, That's what we're saying about the, the reformation, this new reformation that has put ministry and, and the tools into our hands, and wherever we are in business, in politics, in communications, in media, in, in, in uh, helping at home or carer roles, whatever it may be, and of course, in ministry and missions, we are called to to serve. And when we, as the church, can can really use those gifts wherever we are, that's how we have the spread, and that's how we have the impact uh, of sharing truth in our nation.
0: Take us back. We started talking about churches and uh, mega churches, and you know, we can get into uh, you know what does the future look like? Mega churches you said mark that those ch- those churches i imagine that the ones that are pretty versatile uh, ready to plant a new church uh, interesting concept with new church plants is that uh, when a team gets set aside to go and plant a church uh, they carry a big weight of of you know creating the culture of a new church, and that in itself is like a discipleship and a growth and a maturity. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts there about about the idea of planting churches being a way that it uh, pr- creates a new engagement with the uh, with the wider community.
1: Yeah. Well, it sure does. And we found and the report does get pretty practical with some insights around this, but you know, the great thing about planting churches in communities is that they are connected. They've come from that community. They are more embedded in that community and they're local to that community, all of which, you know, gives them that attraction or perspective. They're more authentic. They're they're local. They're not sort of an import or a mega church you have to travel across town to go to. And also when there's a new plant, all of those Christians that are part of that have to step up into ministry. You have to have to be involved. You can't sit back and uh, put money in an offering bag and think that that solves your ministry at your place. So so it actually empowers us all to get involved, and that's, of course, um, essential. And uh, and it's the sort of thing that is replicatable because if we can plan a church here, we can then from that plan another church and, and go from there. We found one of the key aspects that's been effective in in these church plants, is when they um, eventually can get their own building or or more permanent in a facility because if purely they're just renting facilities, um, these days where there's so many ministry activities happening around the week, not just on a Sunday, and when we recognise that church is more than just a Sunday service, we often need that space that that can be um, you know available for training and for Bible studies and for other things and and church leaders said that when they got their own space they saw the numbers grow so some practical insights around all of that as well but yes churches that are planning, that are replicating in our communities is key for our future.
0: I guess we're thrown into a little bit of confusion about big churches when we've got things like lockdowns that have happened and churches that have been thousands and thousands strong uh, all of a sudden not able to meet. So if we talk about the future of big churches, uh, short-term, medium-term, any thoughts here about about where we're going so far as big churches go, or are small churches likely to be uh, the really versatile way of the future?
1: Well, in some ways, Australians have been moving in other areas to the smaller and the local rather than the bigger and the destination. I mean, think about our shopping experience, and this has been on for some years, not just during COVID, but... But, you know, we all used to head across town to those big mega shopping centres that had the movie plex and they had the ice skating or the you know, other activities. They were entertainment hubs. There were food courts and restaurants and, of course, every shop we wanted. But what's happened over the last few years is that Australians are moving back to the local shopping strip. We're shopping more frequently, amazingly, and uh, grabbing a few things on the way home for tonight's meal, that sort of thing. We don't want to go across town it's, it's actually about the local and people then know their local cafe, the barista or the baker and they connect in that way. And we're seeing the same attitude when it comes to church as well. We even asked Australians who've done church online in this time, what sort of, sort of service did you like best? And they said they preferred it when it was a smaller Feel service rather than a big production service on the screen. They liked it when it was a live service rather than a pre-packaged service. So, so that brings me to this point of authenticity, of just being real, of of, of sometimes you know God working through the small things rather than always thinking that the mega is the future.
0: Mark, I've been asking listeners to respond. The talkback line has been open, 1-800-316-316. The question on Facebook today asks, do you think the future of the Christian church in Australia is bright or gloomy? And uh, just to reflect, uh, a thought or two that's come from listeners online on that Facebook post. Uh, Sarah says, I recently read this report and found it to be very insightful. Church leaders would do well to take stock now and seek God on how to proceed into the future. There's a good endorsement for your Mm. report there, Mark. Uh, Another listener, Mark says, sees the future as bright. Revival is coming, I believe, and it will start with the church. People are hurting and feel oppressed. It's time for prayer and to stand up for Jesus. And another comment here, I'll get your thoughts uh, overall, but Peter says, where God is involved, the future is always bright, just may look like a gloomy path to get there. Uh, There's an interesting little mix of gloomy and bright there and uh, a bright future, but You know, when we talk about a a gloomy uh, pathway, uh, that's interesting because uh, we're talking there and I imagine what Peter is saying is it's going to take hard work. What are your thoughts for uh, not just sitting around and waiting for this to happen, but uh, the idea of engagement? And any other thoughts for those, those listeners and those comments I've mentioned?
1: Well, a great reminder from some of the listeners there with those posts that this is the Church of Jesus, not our church, it's the Bride of Christ and he said he will build his church and not even the gates of hades will prevail against it so that's the encouragement therefore our faith tells us that the future of the church is bright biblically as we looked at jesus word, he saw the harvest was was ready and ripe and so so biblically we know the future is bright if we can see it with those eyes and again this data also shows that it's bright because we've got a nation that is looking for the church and and think about you know australians lives now most Australians will recognise that they've got financial needs and they've got physical needs and they've got mental health needs and they've got social needs and that there are spiritual needs that they have. And and all those other areas, you know, the government steps in in finance or business or work and socially we've got family and communities and a lot of support, but the spiritual needs of our life, the, the needs of meaning and purpose and truth, who else but the church has the message and the answer there. Therefore, it's imperative that church and ministry is active there to help Australians find that spiritual meaning and purpose which is a key part of their life and actually will inform and, 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 and sort out um, the, the priorities of those other areas as well. Well, you come up with
0: this wonderful research and it finds its way into a report. Now, uh, we talked a little earlier and the report is targeting church leaders and we're letting listeners and uh, not everyone listening today is a church leader and they're saying, well, uh, what does this mean for me? But I guess embracing everybody in this whole process But when you've got a report like this, you come up with recommendations. What are the key recommendations that you've come up with in this research that you're hoping that leaders will at least read and take stock of and perhaps implement some of these? Because this has got a broad cross-section. It's got a great way forward. What are the key recommendations we can talk about here?
1: One of those, relevant to that point that you made, Neil, is that a lot of people are saying, well, I'm not a church leader. Exactly. And that was a key recommendation. Encourage and empower and engage churchgoers for ministry to recognise that where they are, where they are planted, the gifts that they have, you know, what is in their hand that has been divinely put there is their call, their role, their, their ministry. And so, and so, you know, I guess getting them to connect where they are at with God's vision. and uh, and ensuring that they can be active in that because we need Christians to be salt and light in all areas of society, not just in the pulpit. Uh, Another uh, recommendation we've discussed a little bit is around leaders and and ensuring that we are focused not just on the next program but the next generation and having a vision not just for for our church but for our team and for our congregation and to make sure that they are um, empowered with opportunities to to lead or to influence or to shape or to be be those those ministers where they are, um, shifting that internal narrative was was one of those key points as well. You know that now is not the time for the church to retreat. Um, yes, we've got to be respectful in our society, understand history and context, and and speak clearly um, but humbly into the needs of our society. But nonetheless, understand that it's a, a nation that is looking for truth and meaning, and uh, and now is the time for the church to step forward as. God's truth always has done, and to make sure that we can understand the diversity of the, the, the men and women and the cultures and the the um, the, the generations and the indigenous and non, uh, to make sure that we can you know, have churches relevant to all of the communities and connected, embedded into their their communities uh, for relevance and for effective engagement.
0: Mark, what does the research show us about the idea of denominations? Because we can see all sorts of differences between denominations. Uh, listeners to our conversation today coming from such a diverse Array of denominational backgrounds, and yet we all identify as Christian. Is there any uh, insight that you can offer, so far as the denominational differences and what those sorts of things ought to hold or ought not to mm. hold for the future?
1: Well, this was one of the key areas we got into, and even the very nature of this research, where we surveyed thirty different church leaders across all denominations, was quite um, you know an insight in itself, and it showed the unity that does exist. Now, of course. On theological issues, there are going to be a lot of divergent points. But when it comes to the heart for this nation, the fact that we've been called to to share truth with with those around us, this is our responsibility in this part of the world down under, and and again, those the, the clear alignment around the core message of the gospel and the good news that we're to share, there was great clarity and alignment of these diverse leaders. And and I think that's a message for all of us and for our community. You know, we've found in other research that one of the most perplexing parts of, of our community as they look at religion or Christianity of churches is, but you're all different religions. You all believe different things out there when they see the different denominations on the signs out the front of churches. And if we can show to our world, well, actually, we all – follow Jesus Christ, and we all believe in God and his plans and purpose for us, that is a message that is quite compelling for them. It's not as though we're all confused and, and different, so they often say, well, if you can't get it together, how would I know what to believe? But actually, there's nuance, but actually, you know, there is agreement and consensus on the truth that we share. And I think that's that's an important message, that unity message that, that Jesus said, he said, he would pray that that his followers would have unity as he and the Father and the Spirit are one. That we would have that is an important message for us to communicate. And where appropriate, and where we can come together for outreach, and where there is that goodwill and that that um, shared vision. Um, That's helpful for our community and it's helpful for all of us as Christians.
0: Mark, let's just finish on touching on these key elements of our Christian faith. And sometimes we talk about evangelism and discipleship. And some of this, what we're talking about today in raising up leaders, that's what some of this is all about as well. But evangelism and discipleship. And I note that in your report, uh, you've called these, as you go, activities activities. Uh, give us a little insight here and a takeaway for listeners today to our conversation, having heard what we've heard about the future of the Christian church and where we all might fit into the process here as you go activities. What are your thoughts here? Yes.
1: Well, you know, we have those technical Christian terms of evangelism and discipleship. We use the terms in the report of, of um, going and growing, going in terms of following Christ and then and sharing um, the, the truth and then growing in terms of that discipleship, growing in our faith. And, and you know, what was interesting when we talked to these church leaders and we put in some, some Bible passages as well, if you look at the broader followers of Christ, you know, for three years he was ministering and large crowds would follow. It's not as though they got saved, heard the message, responded to the truth, and then grew in their faith. Many got saved along the way. <laughs> they would follow along. They were, if you like, followers, and they got saved uh, on the journey down the track. And and sometimes we can be too definitive and say, well, first we'll have an outreach event or we'll make sure people are saved and then we'll move to discipleship and explaining all of the truths of the, the Bible. But, um, but you know, as you go, share the truth and as you follow, grow in your faith. And 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 the, the, the idea that, you know, let's not sort of set up these barriers, let's just bring people in and share the truth in whatever way uh, that we can, whatever the, the means are, and people will at different points on that journey and through their exploration, make a commitment to follow Christ, grow from there, and hopefully as part of that same process, be sharing the, the, the transforming message that changed their life with those around them. And, and, and that's that's sort of this idea. It's, it's lifestyle. It's within our communities and relationships. It's sharing as we go. And uh, And we don't have to be theologians or evangelists to do it. We're called to be witnesses and, uh, and just a witness of what Christ has done in our life. And that is when our church will have impact in this nation.
0: Mark McRindle, always enjoy your insights so much. Spot on today. And I want to point people to this new report. And as you say, you can download it absolutely free. It's called The Future of the Church in Australia. And uh, I'd be surprised if there's not a lot of listeners all over the nation that wouldn't like to go online right now and just download this report and uh, print off a copy or send a link to your pastors so that church leaders can see what is in this research that talks about the future of the church in Australia. Every community will be interested in the insights that come from this research and those recommendations. Let me give the website where you can go right now and download this report free. It's cityinfield.com. CityInfield.com. And uh, no doubt there'll be a link too on the McCrindle website, mccrindle.com.au. That's the website uh, for social researcher Mark McCrindle and his good work, McCrindle Research, mccrindle.com.au. But to get that free report, you can simply go online now at cityinfield.com and download the future of the church in Australia. Mark McCrindle, great insights. Thank you so much for taking some time to share these thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020.
1: It was a delight. Thanks so much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.